Hey, hey, you're listening to the Journey with Janice podcast. Join me on the journey of pursuing Jesus, building our lives on the word, and seeing this world impacted with the love of God. The Journey with Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. You can find my podcast and other great podcasts in the network at newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Journey with Janice and check out my website, journeywithjanice.com. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Journey with Janice podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I have my friend Jamie on the podcast with me. Jamie is a Christian social media influencer who is living with zeal and spreading messages of hope, grace, and freedom. She is from my hometown, but she's now residing in the promised land itself, Tennessee. She has a powerful story and is one of my absolute favorite people to follow on Instagram. She's inspiring, encouraging, and she loves Jesus. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Janice. uh, The intro is like, I don't know how to follow that up, but I appreciate all your kind words, and I am so happy to talk to you. (laughs) Well, I mean all of it. I'm thankful that you made the time to come on here, and I'm excited for whatever God has for this episode. So we're going to start out with five fun facts, like I love doing anytime I have someone on the podcast. So you up for that? I am. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Number one is what is something on your bucket list? I would say there's a lot of things, but one thing that's kind of more immediate is um, I love to hike with my husband and I've hiked by myself before we met, but we, I've never hiked Mount LeConte in Tennessee in the Smokies. And it's, um, it's a pretty long hike. I think think the shortest option is like 12 miles. Um, And I haven't even hiked a lot lately, but I would love to hike it. And my husband's already hiked it before we met. So I love to do that with him. So that's kind of a, like a short-term, I guess, bucket list goal. I love that. I love that. And I love telling people that I love hiking, but I like make it very clear, like paths that are mostly flat and like anywhere from one to three miles. (laughs) I love that. It is not this. I, (laughs) my lungs, my lungs hate me when I hike, but I love the experience. So I love it. That's a fun answer. Number two is what is your favorite quote and or scripture? Um, see, I got, I got two. One in terms of like my favorite verse, um, is the second half of Mark nine twenty four, which is Lord, I believe help my unbelief. And that was said by the father, uh, his son had a demon in him that, you know, Jesus removed and he, it was just so honest and real, like that, that verse. And so I feel like it applies to so many areas of life where you're like, God, like, I believe you exist. I believe what you're saying, but in certain moments of my life, I have these doubts and I just need you to help me like believe what I actually do in my heart believe so um that's my favorite verse and then my favorite passage is the prodigal son story because I feel like I really relate to it um so Mark or not Mark Luke Luke 15 um and Luke 15 I love you know, the prodigal son story go to Luke 15 and read it <laughs> not you I know you do I know you know it Deanna's <laughs> Yes, I've come home. <laughs> I love that. Even when we were talking about the help my unbelief, I thought about doubt, doubting Thomas, obviously the mm-hmm. one who's known in scripture, famous for his doubt and how when Jesus came into the room that they were in, he immediately went over and he showed him what he needed. So God is just needed for that built that faith to be built inside of him. So yeah. I love that you said that because we do wrestle with doubt at times and God is more than willing to help us overcome that. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Number three is if you could have a coffee date with anyone past or present, who would you choose? 
I have to pick my grandpa. Um, my mom's dad, he died when I was 22. So I wasn't really young, but I still feel like I didn't ask him all the questions. You know, I know he shared a lot about his life. He was in World War II and he went to, um, he's an engineer, uh, lived in Indiana. Just like, I heard all the stories growing up, but now that I'm older, there's just so much more. I'm like, why didn't I ever ask him this? Like, why didn't I ask him to like elaborate a little bit more on that question? And, and then also, you know, memories fade. So I feel like even some of the stories that I knew really well at one time like I haven't heard them in so many years and I just love to just have another conversation with him and also just like update him on my life my life is so different now than it was when he died and so yeah that that's definitely who I'd love to have um coffee I drink tea but coffee he he's a coffee drinker (laughs) (laughs) he would drink Mm -hmm. coffee you can have the tea and I love that and you probably want to record him I think about those things too like I would love to just sit and video and then just have a conversation with my grandma and Mm -hmm. things so I love that answer it's such a good answer number four is what is one place that you haven't been and can't wait to visit um I think Asia. Um, I haven't been to Asia yet. And although I would love to go to Japan or Vietnam, um, my husband, John and I are actually going to the Maldives, I think later this year um, or early next year. So that's technically in Asia, although it's like close to Africa, but um, I'm really excited to just go to a different continent. I've been to Europe a lot. I've been, you know, the North America. So that, that'll be a whole new experience. Ah, I can't wait to see pictures. That's going to be a nice trip. That's going to be a good trip. Okay, last five, last of the five fun facts. What is one thing that God is teaching you in this season? This to me feels like a waiting room season um, where like I'm learning so much and I feel like God's asking me to say yes to things, but yes, with the idea that it's not going to be like an immediate, uh, I'm not going to see immediate fruit from it. And it's really hard for me because I'm not a patient person. That is definitely not one of my strengths and it never has been. And so I'm like saying yes, like even like creating this separate Instagram account that I have and, you know, doing, trying to write more blog posts and just doing things like that and just being open to new experiences. But I'm like, okay, well, what's next? What's next? And God's just like, no, like you have to learn where you're at. And and that's just, yeah, it's not easy, but I I know I know that just saying yes is like the first step. So just, just kind of letting God bring the experiences to me. Cause I'm also, one thing I'm also really struggle with is like, once I say yes, or once I'm like, well, yeah, I'm doing God's will. So then I start to want to make things happen myself. Can't do that. <laughs> I should, I should know better by now. <laughs> I think you talked about something like that in like a recent podcast too, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. Like you get the vision and you're like, I'm ready to run with it. And God's like, mm-hmm. wait, it's not for like six months or a year. And it's like, okay, Lord, <laughs> be obedient. And he's like, okay, well then be obedient and sit for a minute. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. That's so hard. But I'm like, I'm like, okay, what can I learn in this period? And that's what I'm trying to focus on. I love that. And I love all the things that God has you doing with the blogging and stuff. I always love when you release your blogs. I'm like, I want to read it. They're so, <laughs> so good Thank and you. so inspiring. So Jamie, tell us your story. Who is Jamie? That's a, obviously a loaded question. Um, I feel like with anyone sharing their story, there's always the surface level and then like the deeper level. So, I mean, surface level, um, you, you and I, like we grew up in the same town and you said we, um, we were not quite super close in age. So, um, I graduated in 2001. Um, but that, yeah, small town Union City, Michigan is where I was raised. I was saved as a young girl. So I love Jesus. Um, 
never questioned loving Jesus. He's been part of my life as long as I can remember. I have two younger sisters and two older brothers and love my family. And my sisters, I feel like have always been my best friends. Even when we fight, it's just like, they've all, we've always been there for each other. So I've just had a great family life growing up. Um, I'm, I would call myself a nerd. Um, I was always like the studious one in school doing homework on Friday nights. Um, I was valedictorian, I was the good girl. And I, you know, that I kind of own that title, you know, like I knew that's what I was. Um, and my career history has been pretty odd. I have a degree in art. Um, I've worked at a community college. I was an assistant buyer of women's fashion and shoes. Um, I was a cheap flight searcher for a while. I've been a customer service rep. I've done social media management and now I'm a brand manager for an outdoor kitchen company. So a lot of random things, but God has been in, I can see God in all of those things and where he's led me today. Um, relationship wise, I was married for eight years. I got married when I was 22 um, to a guy I dated in college. And um, when we got divorced, that's when I moved to Florida. Um, and I lived there for five years. And now I live in Knoxville, as Janice said, Knoxville, Tennessee. I remarried and no kids. We have a sweet old English bulldog who you may have just heard running up the stairs. <laughs> um, so that's like the surface level story. Deeper story is, um, I already said I'm a nerd, but I grew up a perfectionist as well. And I used to think that was like a good thing. Like I took pride in being a perfectionist, but I think that was really to me at least very detrimental in some areas of my life. Um, I was also really shy, really insecure. And I think that with the perfection led me to like start dieting when I was 15. Um, and I didn't really have the right tools to like understand what dieting even was. And I took it way too far and I lost a lot of weight and scared my mom and, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, trying to help me. She was trying to help me in any way. Um, that I, I don't I wouldn't say I was ever anorexic but I was probably pretty close and that all that restriction eventually led me to start like occasionally binging and I didn't throw up right away but I would like excessively exercise and do different things like that so I was really in this like cycle of extreme restriction and then binging and it just kept going and kept going until I was uh it's actually right after I got married when I was 22 um it went into full-blown bulimia and I had that um, had bulimia for 10 years um, of my life, which was really um, hard for me, but I never shared that with anyone during the time. And I, um, not that people, I'm sure, I know people suspected or thought there was something, like I had some kind of eating disorder, but um, no one ever really pushed me on it far enough to where I got help. And I really just struggled in that, but also still just like lived my life. Like I was married, I had a job and I did all these things and seemingly normal on the outside. So um, but yeah, I kept it secret during my entire eight years of marriage. Um, what I didn't know is that my ex-husband was also like hiding depression and things like that. So we were like the further along we got in our marriage, we were really just not connecting and we were not communicating like those things. And that is what I think led to our ultimate divorce. Um, we kind of just felt like roommates at the end. Um, and at the end of our marriage, I really convinced myself that he didn't love me anymore and that I was making him unhappy, like certain things that he would say. And he definitely seemed very unhappy. And I was like, I just convinced myself of that, but I was also just in a bad state myself. You know, it was just not a good situation. And, um, earlier that year, like the last year we made, I had randomly met this guy on Instagram. Um, cause I liked his beach sunset photos. I'd always like wanted to like, I love the beach. And so 
it started off super innocent. Um, but as my marriage kept getting worse, I kind of leaned into this guy more and more for like emotional support, you know, and talked to him all the time. And we talked a lot. And the lesson here I would say is do not give the devil a foothold, not even a single foothold, because you can say you'll never say never that you would do something. But in, in the reality of it is, is that um, we're all capable of all sin. <laughs> and I saw that in my life. And so as my marriage kept falling apart and I just convinced myself more and more like, I can't live like this anymore with my, my ex, my now ex-husband, I ended up, I just felt so trapped and I made a very drastic decision. And I actually, um, not something I've ever actually publicly shared before, but I, um, I left my ex-husband or my husband at the time, like a note, like I left him a note and I said, this is over. I can't do this anymore. And I got on a plane and I flew to Florida to meet this guy in person for the first time. And it caused a lot of, as you can imagine, a lot of issues with my marriage and my family and just everybody. And a month later, I actually, I had filed for divorce and I moved to Florida and it was just ran away from my life. Like I quit my job. I had no job when I moved to Florida. I just totally ran away from my life. I stopped going to church. I knew in my heart that I was rebelling, but at the time I just didn't even care. Like I was just like, I, this is what I'm doing in my life. Like I pretty much slapped God in the face. And, and the guy that I, that I moved to Florida for was also an atheist, which didn't really help my faith at all in that situation. Um, so yeah, going to church at that time seemed so fake and I seemed, seemed like hypocritical or I would like think that, wow, like I'm going to listen to this message and just totally go home and do the opposite, you know? So like, what's the point? So, um, that was my life at that time, but God really worked on my heart when I lived in Florida, I lived in Sarasota and, um, eventually I broke up with that guy. And around the same time, I also decided to end my relationship with bulimia, which was so, so challenging, but it was also so freeing. And I knew when I did that, that I had to do more than just, um, you know, recover from bulimia and break up with this guy. I had to get more involved in my church. I had been going to church um, for like a year and a half at that point, um, found a really great church. So I got into a small group. And I started a discipleship, like a one-on-one discipleship. And, and that really kind of helped me like excel and not just like say, okay, like I'm leaving these bad things, but I was also trying to grow. And so in those years of, I was single for three years in Sarasota. And in those three years, um, I saw God's grace in so many ways. I was like, growing up, I knew the word grace. Like I knew, you know, you grow up in church and you hear that word all the time and you think you know what it means. I did not know what that word meant until that time in my life. And then I was like, wow, now, now I get it because God just like accepted me right back. And I'm, I'm still amazed. Like it still sometimes will make me cry when I look at my husband and I just see my life now. And I'm like, how, why, why, why do I deserve this? So yeah, that's a, that's (laughs) my long story. That is such a beautiful story of just redemption and restoration. And I Mm -hmm. love you talked about like not just leaving that behind but then what you clung to in that new season of life and the one-on-one discipleship mm-hmm. and how important that is that we do have good solid people like mentors pouring into our lives because I, I know I look back at my life and I'm like I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have those more mature Christians pouring into my life and pushing me to greater levels of holiness and and just living that surrendered life for Jesus so 
thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story because it's not easy to share those hard points. But I know, and I've said this so many times that when we share our story, there's inevitably someone that's going to hear it that is maybe in a place where they haven't found the freedom that you found. And so you sharing that and ignites hope in people. So so thank you for sharing that. So I know part of your story is similar to mine. You touched on it a little bit about enduring the pains of divorce as a Christian, then um, mm -hmm. like going through your own season of waiting. And now God's brought you this amazing man of God. So can you tell us about that part of your life journey, how you met him and all of that for all the single people who love to hear a good love story? Yeah. So John, my husband now, he, he is such a gift. And like I said, I feel like when I look at him, I don't I don't deserve a second chance. You know what I mean? Like I, there was a time in my life where I was like, I can't like, God is not promising me that I will get remarried. Even after I had like, you know, been restored and, you know, I knew I was forgiven and all of those things and I was trusting him and I was moving forward. Like, I'm like, I can't guarantee that, that I will get married again. Um, and there was, you know, like I, I said in the beginning, like, I'm not a very patient person. I like to make things happen. So of course I was dating, I was trying to date and I was like trying to date Christians. I was like, I'm gonna be so intentional. I'm only gonna date Christians and um and all of that. And it still did not work out very well. Like I tried a dating app, but I like put my profile like I'm only looking for guys who love Jesus. Like people don't read that stuff. They don't care. Um so things like that. Um I've met like even met some really great Christian guys in Sarasota. And I remember one day I was getting ready in my bathroom and I was praying to God like God should I pursue this guy? Like, cause he seemed, you know, there seemed to be some interest there. And I was like, you know, but like, he's a great Christian, but like, I don't know. And I was trying, I thought I was praying the right thing. Like, I was like, should I pursue this guy? And it was like, almost like the answer fell out of my ceiling. It was like, pursue me. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, so I listened to that and there was like, I can't say I was perfect. Like I did date a few other guys after that, but I was I was really more intentional about, okay, I don't have to make this happen. Like if it's going to happen, God is going to do it for me and he's going to bring me the best and I don't have to make it happen. So that was a huge pivotal moment in my life in my bathroom. Um, and then really the next phase of, of meeting my husband was another time when God almost like literally spoke to me. I was, um, I found out that my, one of my sisters was moving to Knoxville. She still lived in Michigan and she did not want to move. Like she was really struggling with it. Um, but it was something that, that was going to happen. She and her husband were moving and I, I had a remote job at the time. This was before COVID even I had a remote job and I was like, I was like, I can come visit you. I can work from your house. It's going to be fine. Um, and I was praying for her. I remember one night I was praying for her and putting away my laundry. And I felt like God was just like, move to Knoxville for your sister. And I was like, cause I knew that idea did not come from me because I loved Florida and I thought I was going to stay there forever. And, and I'm like, God, I literally was like, God, is that you? <laughs> um, and, and then I started praying about it myself. And then I, 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 I like told, I was like, okay, I'm going to call my sister and I'm going to tell her that I just had this random thought. And if she starts crying immediately, then I'm not that I'm big on like super big on signs, but I was like, and sure enough, like she immediately cried. She was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like you would do that for me. And I, and I was like, well, let's see like let so we just kept praying and things just worked out almost too easily like it was crazy how easy it was for me to move and um and I really my life was set up at that point where I didn't have like like strings attached or anything like that so it, it worked out really well and then um five months after I moved to Knoxville I met my husband and that was a funny story because I um I was doing social media at the time for my job and I was on Facebook doing my job and a 
notification popped up and it was like, join Facebook dating. And I had sworn off dating apps. And I was like, I was, but I was like, Facebook has dating? Like, what is this? And I was just so curious. It was sheer curiosity. I was like, what is this even? So I, it, of course, the profile was like, you know, a minute to set it up. I start getting all these notifications and I'm just like, no, 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 no. And there was like, John was the only one. Like I, I, cause I was like, I don't even want to start a relationship. Like I don't want to have a conversation with someone. It's just going to end up being nothing anyway. Like, I don't even want to start anything. I don't have time for this. So I just kept saying no, no, no. And, and I just saw John's profile and I, I swear I stared at it for like 15 minutes deciding like, Ooh, like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to say yes to anyone, but I also just really intrigued. And I finally just said yes and just moved on with my day. And then everyone else was a no. After about 24 hours of that, I was like, this is stupid. And I turned it off. Like I just turned my profile off. What I didn't realize was that anyone that I had said yes to who also said yes to me, they could still message me. And John was literally the only one, the only one who could have done that. And so a day later, I get this message from him that was like, what? Like, I didn't even know he was like, anyone was able to do that. And he just asked me two really simple questions. He said, or he said, I see that you were talking about your faith and your profile. That's really refreshing. And then, oh, and then he asked me the question. He's like, and also I see you traveled, like, like where have you traveled? And, um, and I was like, those are two things I'd love to talk about my faith and travel. So <laughs> we started talking a week later, we had our first date and we, we knew pretty quickly. Um, we got married less than six months later. I love that. And I obviously I've been following your journey, like while you were still single and doing all your traveling and everything and kind of got to watch that unfold just from social media. And it was just, it was so cool and encouraging to watch. So I love that. I didn't know that those details though. So that's really fun. <laughs> That's yeah, really it's, it's sorry. It's amazing to see God's hand in, in all the little the little places. So, oh, I love it. So there is your ignition, ignite, igniting of hope, all you single people. Love it. I love it. So we talked about your move to Knoxville already. So why is, let's circle back to sharing our story because we did talk about that earlier. You shared a, a lot of your story, which I'm so grateful for. So why do you think it's important that we share our story with the world? So I know that I didn't go through these experiences only for myself, like only to learn for me. Um, I mean, Second Corinthians um, 1, 3 through, 3 through 4, 3 and 4, it says how God, the father of all compassion and all comfort, he comforts us in our struggles so that we can comfort other people when they struggle with those similar things. And so like going through bulimia and going through my divorce as a Christian, especially, um, because that is like, that was something I really wrestled with, like after the fact of like, you know, I shouldn't have done this because I'm a Christian and that's what Christians do. And like all those things, um, I've gone through that and God got me through that and God comforted me. So now anyone going through those types of things, I can, I can show them hope. I can show them encouragement. And even though I'm not like a coach or anything or a professional in those areas, I still think that there's so much power in a personal story, even more than maybe a professional helping you. Um, not always in every case. Um, please seek out professionals. <laughs> don't, listen. don't, don't just think, don't, don't listen to me on that. But I, but in, in, in my own life, when I was recovering from bulimia, just as an example, um, I had seen a counselor and she didn't never, she never went through an eating disorder. So at the end of the day, like I didn't really trust her. 
And I didn't, it didn't really help me because I was like, you don't really know what I'm going through. Like you don't really get it. And some, and maybe some counselors do, and maybe some, you know, there are things like that that will help other people and everyone's recovery looks different. But for me, what really ended up changing the game for me and actually starting my recovery was reading a book written by someone who had gone through bulimia for 10 years, like myself, like the same situation. And she was just like ready to be free from it. And I, I like ate that book up. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. And I was like, this person understands me. And that's what really made the difference. So I want to be that for someone else, for as many people as I can. I love that. I love that. And that's something I encourage women so often, because a lot of my ministry is with women to like, mm-hmm. don't hide, to not hide your story. And really the Lord challenged me with that a few years ago, because as I was stepping out and doing more ministry things, a lot of people met me as like who I was in that season. People didn't know what I had walked through and I was kind of okay with it. And the Holy spirit really like convicted me on that. He's like, don't hide your story because there are women in that I'm putting in your sphere of influence that need to know what I've set you free from. And I was like, Oof, yes. And so in that moment, it, for me, was just like a surrendering of my story. And obviously at different times you share different parts, you just let the Lord lead you with that. But there's been so many times for me too, where I may be ministering one-on-one to someone and like, part of my story that I hadn't thought about in forever just gets brought up in my heart. And so I share it and then they break down and I'm like, that's what you're struggling with, isn't it? And they're like, exactly. So just being willing to be open and and use our redeemed stories because it's going to help other people find that redemption. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. So so speaking of sharing our stories with the world and speaking of the world, so you've traveled like everywhere. So tell us what ignited the love and passion for traveling in you and some of your travel stories and testimonies. I love that part of your journey. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, travel has been, so I'm going back to my grandpa. Yeah. I said that he's the one I would love to have coffee with. Um, I have to, I have to credit him with my love of travel. I'm not hundred percent sure if I would have just loved it anyway, but when I was a little girl, he used to babysit me when my mom worked. So I was probably like four years old and we would, we would be, he lived in Battle Creek, you know, Battle Creek. (laughs) So we would go to the airport. It was really random. I don't even know why he, why he did this with me, but we would go to the local airport. We would park in the parking lot, sit on the hood of his car and watch the planes take off and land. And I just remember watching them and just thinking like, where are they going? Like, who is on those, you know? And I was so in awe and like, he would explain, you know, kind of as best as a four-year-old could understand, like what was happening <laughs> with these planes. And, um, and then fast forward a little bit. I remember when I was about nine, um, I just, I got um, one of those 3D puzzles and I got one of the Eiffel Tower and I was just obsessed with it, obsessed with the Eiffel Tower, not the puzzle. Um, I started researching all about it. I was like, what is this cool thing? I love, I loved architecture at the time too. And I was like, I just had this dream. I'm like, I want to see this in person. Um, like the Eiffel Tower was just so fascinating to me. And, and like, I, we didn't really travel much as a family when I was growing up. Like we would go like to the upper peninsula of Michigan and into Indiana and Ohio and in places like that, but not too far. And I just, always wanted to see more and go further and and like know what was out there and we just really didn't too much um but when I was 22 when I got married the first time on um, my honeymoon was actually the first time I was on a plane 22 years old went to Ireland and I was just like this is the best time of my life like I was so like I was like finally on a plane I was not scared of whatsoever and um traveled a little bit like in my 20s when I was still married the first time um but when I was single and once I recovered from my eating disorder um I 
I signed up for this email newsletter that sent out cheap flights and oh, it was called Scott's Cheap Flights, which is a funny story. I ended up working for them <laughs> later on. Um, but I I saw this, I kept getting their emails and it would be like, you can fly to Europe for like in the three, four hundred dollar range round trip. And I was like, that would be awesome. But I don't, I'm a single, like who am I gonna go with? Like when, you know, when am I gonna make this happen? And one day I saw a, a flight come through out of Orlando, which I lived in Florida at the time. And it, it was for like 400 and some dollars round trip to Paris, my number one place in Southville Girl. And I was like, this is like my now or never moment. I'm going to just book this flight for a long weekend, go to Paris by myself, see if I even like traveling solo. If I don't, it's just a couple days. I'll be fine. I'll survive. I went to Paris and I loved it. That was my first solo trip in like January, 2019. And like I got home a month later, I booked another trip to Barcelona for May of that same year. And then that year I also went to Italy by myself in November. Um, and I was just like, so hooked on, on just traveling. And I'm like, I can, I can do this cheap. Like anytime I traveled to Europe, it was always like in like the three or $400 round trip range. And, and I'm like such a planner. So I'm like, okay, here's my itinerary. Like I knew exactly what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. And it was it was really cool too, because as I was still in like the early stages of like having just recovered from my eating disorder, it helped me to grow in that area too, because I was like, I'm going to try all the food here. And I had the freedom to do that and not feel like I couldn't. And that was really cool too, to like, I remember my first trip, I was like eating a, a, a street crepe in front of the Eiffel Tower. And I was like, a year ago, I would not have been able to do this. Like, I just literally would not have, was not in that place in my life at that time. So it was like, it was like tear moments so like a lot of times on some of my trips where I was like this even like bulimia is, is actually really expensive if you're to have bulimia because I spent so much money on binge food it was nuts I actually couldn't have even afforded trips like that before so it was all this full circle of like wow I can do all these things so um so okay moving on to a few stories <laughs> um besides Paris being my first solo trip and that was really still like one of the most special ones to me um I loved bungee jumping in Switzerland <laughs> in the Alps. Um, that was one where I didn't, I definitely didn't tell my mom that I was doing that. She was already unhappy that I was traveling to other countries by myself, let alone going bungee jumping over a lake in the Alps. So <laughs> I called her afterward and I was like, I just went, <laughs> I just jumped out of a gondola. <laughs> it was awesome. So I did that. Um, canyon swinging in New Zealand was cool too. Um, and I say, I do want to preface or say um, that I was terrified to do both of these things, but I also really wanted to do them. And I knew, and this is kind of a life, a life lesson too, for me, like I can apply it. Cause I was like, I think sometimes the anticipation of that first step is like actually worse than just doing it just that anticipation. So I'm like, I was in the gondola about to jump, about to bungee jump. And I was literally shaking. Like the there were like 12 of us in there and, they, and I'm like the only one and I'm like physically shaking. And, and they're just like looking at me, are you okay? Are you going to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I will do it. I just can't control my body right now because I'm actually terrified. Um, but in the moment, like, I was like, I know as soon as I jump, I'm going to love it. And sure enough, I did like, you just have to get over like that fear of, of like that first little step. And same thing. And it was so funny because I, I went canyon swinging, which is kind of a similar experience, except you don't go straight down. You kind of swing when you jump off. I had already been bungee jumping and I was still terrified about 
that too. I was like, and I kept telling myself, I'm like, you've pretty much done this before. You're going to be okay. And then I did it and it was fine and it was amazing. But like those moments really stick out to me. Um, Christmas markets in Europe were cool. I went to a few of those. Um, losing my GPS signal in Bosnia, that was kind of scary. I was like, how am I going to find my Airbnb? And somehow it worked. I stopped at a gas station and had to like buy a candy bar to use their Wi-Fi. <laughs> It was like, I got to call my Airbnb host and like figure this out. So it was, it was fine. And then my mom's like, don't get out of your car. You're going to step on a landmine in Bosnia. But I was like, it's fine. I survived. <laughs> um, and then also in Bosnia, I remember one night it was raining so hard. And I went to a restaurant that, of course, I didn't know until I had finished my whole meal that they didn't take credit cards. And I had used all my cash that day. And they're like, well, there's an ATM down the road. Just like, just go get some cash. And they let me take, like, I didn't leave anything there. I ran through the rain. I took all my stuff with me. I could have just not come back and they just trusted me, but I like ran through the rain and got the money and like paid them. But that was like, that was kind of funny. Um, and then Croatia, I have to say one of my favorite places was Croatia, just driving all through Croatia. Um, can't go wrong. If that's on your list, even remotely, like go. <laughs> Adding it to mine. Like, I love that. I love that for one, your mom sounds so much like mine, like, because I kind of come from a similar background where we just didn't really go very far, like Indiana, Ohio, like Midwest, like tri-state area, that's it. And um, I had started doing a little bit of traveling. I hadn't traveled until I became single. And I started volunteering just down in like Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's an hour away. My mom was like, and are you driving by yourself? Are you going by yourself? I don't want you. I'm like, it's an hour away. <laughs> so then when I started flying and going places and traveling further, taking road trips around the country and stuff, I'm, I'm sure she was probably praying and fasting the entire time that I was gone. <laughs> but <laughs> so that's really funny. But I love how you talked about the, just the fear in those first few steps. And I was just talking to one of my friends earlier about analysis paralysis and how we overanalyze things. And we really a lot of times create scenarios that are never going to happen. And, and then I've heard like, and even if it did happen, you've lived it twice now because you've lived it, you know, that fear in your mind and then whatever. And so I just, I love that you just stepped out and you did it boldly anyway. So I did um, not quite that, but I went parasailing up in Mackinac and I'm like, have always been deathly afraid of heights. Like stupid afraid like if I get up too high my knees I'm like I can't help it my body's just doing weird things my knees are giving out like I feel like I'm gonna throw up and I was like you know what? I'm sick of that because I was like almost didn't even go up there because I was afraid to just drive across the Mackinac Bridge that's like how petrified of heights I have been and I'm like you know what I'm gonna drive over that bridge and I'm gonna sign up for parasailing and just do it and I was like I got on the boat I'm like Lord please just let me go first because if I have to sit on this boat and watch everyone else and so I did it and when I got down off the parasail everyone else on the boat was like like you acted like you weren't afraid of all like at all like you were just like a boss and I was like inside I was like <laughs> but like extra I'm like I'm, I've got this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna conquer this fear so I love that and just want to encourage anyone on here who has been in that place where you've just been like stuck and afraid to make that first step if you know God's calling you to do something or it's just something that's on your heart your own desire to do just to step out into it take that first step like Jamie was talking about with her own crazy bungee jumping story which I love so much to just do those things because I I don't know I'm sure you probably have these thoughts too but I'm like I don't want to be older and one day look back and think man what if I would have just been bold enough what if I would have just stepped out and done those things that were on my heart those desires that I had I don't want to I don't want to live with regrets so that's a lot of times why that pushes me to just be bold and brave and and do things regardless of <laughs> of, of the fear so I love yeah, that for sure. Yeah. More and more, I think the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, 
if I if I even like remotely want to do this like I'm just gonna just gonna do it I really want to go budgie dumping with my husband now though he's we've both been um skydiving separately like not like before we met so I've done that too um that was just in Florida I wasn't like on a trip but um we've he's never been bungee jumping and he's willing so I would that's another thing I guess on my bucket list is like at some point I want to go again and I want to go with him like wherever it is that we do it I don't care but I just want to do it I love that oh that'd be fun and he's I love that's one thing I like love about you and your husband's like seriously god could you have created a more perfect person for her like it's so cool I remember I think like the first picture this is like totally I told you guys I'm a fangirl of Jamie so I think like the one of the first pictures you posted with him was you two just kayaking out on a river or something and I was like that is literally that is that's the man for her like so just perfect Mm -hmm. he's down for anything like when we we had this we we got married during COVID like right when like it was like 2020 June 2020 and we wanted to go to Costa Rica for a honeymoon and that obviously didn't happen. So we pivoted to Colorado, which neither of us had been to. And so I'm like, John is like, he's really late. I'm like a planner and he's like, not, he's like very chill when it comes to like traveling. Like we don't have to have a plan for every day. And I'm like, okay, are you sure? <laughs> but he's really cool about like, if there's something like you really want to do, like, yeah, like I'm down for it. So I'm like doing all this research. You're going to hike a little bit. And we found, I don't know if you ever heard of a Via Ferrata. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically, um, it's, I think the translation of that is like metal bars or iron bars or something. So there's a section, well, we did one in Telluride, Colorado, and there's a section of like, it's like a sheer cliff face. And there's just like these little metal bars sticking out um, that you step on and they're all like various lengths and they're not like you think like oh they're straight next to each other no you're like stretching and you're like reaching you're of course strapped in but your brain doesn't like you're even though you are like connected if you fell there would be a rope that would hit but who wants to fall even if there's like a rope like you just don't like your brain is just like you are not falling because this is this is your death and so we're doing so I'm, I see this I see this and I'm like we should do this on our honeymoon and he's just like instantly like yep yep let's do it sign us up and I'm like that is my guy so we did that and it was really fun <laughs> oh that is fun was there any scary moments out on the yeah the the whole section where it was like really um just because some of the some of it you're just like kind of walking but you're really close to the edge of the cliff and you're strapped in and you have to keep like unhooking yourself you have like two different carabiners or whatever it's called and you like unhook only one at a time so like keep moving it to a different spot as you're walking and th- those parts were cool like I actually am not afraid of heights unless unless it's like when I was in cheerleader I never wanted to to be on the top because I didn't trust the people below me but if I'm just like on a building or on a mountain I'm like I trust I trust this thing I don't trust people holding me I trust but I trust standing on something so anyway like that part was fine but then we got to like that the cliff face and she was like this is the fun part like the our guide and I'm like okay yeah let's okay let's do this this is what we're here for and it was I mean I just I was so like so focused so zoned in every single muscle movement you were just like okay like I have to stretch like a little bit further and like in my brain is just telling me like you can't let go or you're gonna die even though that wasn't true but that's what my brain was like telling me and so I was taking it so serious like I have to stay on these metal bars and like with grip them and it was but it ended up being like really really cool and um and it was, yeah, it was definitely scary, but it was like a scary, it was like a really an unnecessary scaredness. Cause like I said, the rope was always in there, <laughs> but you don't, you just don't think of it that way. So. Oh, that's so preachable. I'm like, I always like think of like stories like that. And I'm like, 
so correlated. I'm like, that's so preachable because even when we're stepping out, like God is that rope and he's always there to, to catch us if we fall and things. So yeah, I could turn that into yeah, this. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Maybe you, you should turn that into a sermon. That's preachable. <laughs> That'll be my next Instagram reel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Write that down. Hashtag preachable. <laughs> I'll tag you in it for my inspiration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about your platform. Speaking of the Instagram reels and stuff, I love everything that you're putting out. So Let's talk about your platforms. You have Adventure in the Girl and Hope in the Girl. So what is the story behind you starting those? And what do you hope people gain by following you? Yeah, Adventure in the Girl was, um, I started that in summer 2017, which was the year I started traveling solo. Um, I had this idea of a blog for a while. I like to write in general. And, but I'm also being that perfectionist that I have grown up being, I felt like I can't start a blog until I have everything perfect. And I have to have, you know, 10 posts written out and I have to just have all this stuff ready and I have to know exactly what I'm doing. And so I put it off for months. And finally, like summer 2017, I'm like, I don't know, I think it was something I read or I don't know, something I was going through, but I, it just hit me like, just start, you just have to start somewhere. And so finally I let go of that perfectionism and I, I figured out like a name that I wanted. It's actually just picking out the name Adventure in the Girl that took way much, way longer than it, it needed to. Um, but I do love the name and I've, and once I picked it, I've never like wished I picked something else. So that, the name was like the most important thing to me. So once I had that, then it kind of felt a little better. And I started writing and I just started and I realized you don't have to have a plan for this right now. Like just start writing when you feel you have something to say. So I just started writing about my trips and, um, and originally it was just really about like trips and adventures and stuff like that. And then um, I started more and more sharing a little bit about my faith here and there, or I'd like, you know, insert it into like one of my blogs, even if it was about travel, I might, you know, put something about God in there too. Cause God is, it's like one of those things where, I don't feel like my blog has to be a Christian blog, but like my life revolves around God. So I'm naturally just going to talk about him and I don't want to hide that. So like, if, if there's something I want to say where I'm like, well, God was involved in this, like, I'm going to say God was involved. Um, even if I'm talking about travel or something that's not necessarily like a faith based post. So, um, but anyway, so I started that blog and, um, yeah, just kept writing about my adventures as I traveled and, um, never really had a cadence to it. I mean, it's five years later and I'm, it's not like, oh, I have to post two or three blogs a month and, and I have to do all these things. I've, you know, I know a little bit about SEO, so I kind of optimize, but anyway, I just write, I just write when I have something to share. Um, and then last year I felt like, um, God was like kind of telling me to share more about my story, even more than I have, even on my blog posts. Um, and my Instagram account is also adventure in the girl. And that was tied to like a lot of my everyday life and things like that. And I didn't really want to muddy that up too much. I wanted to have like a very clear message or a very clear um, place for inspiration and hope that I could share. And I knew if I put that with Adventure in the Girl on Instagram, it would just kind of get lost a little bit in the shuffle of my everyday life stuff that I'm posting. So I, last fall, I created this, like a separate account. I was like going through Instagram and seeing what was available. Like, and I finally settled on Hope in the Girl which kind of mirrors my other, my other Instagram account. And, um, and I just let it sit there. Like I posted one thing in like, I think it was October last year. And I just let it sit there. And I, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing with this, but I just I have it for when I'm ready. And, and then I posted, I think like one or two things in early this year and still was like, I don't really know what I'm doing with this. And then last month, May, um, I started just, I don't know. I, I just got this, 
Well, I did, um, I did an Instagram live with, with a friend and kind of shared a little bit about my story. And I think that kind of ignited me like, okay, like take this seriously, like start posting on hope and the girl on Instagram. And that's really when, when that all happened and a month later, I'm, I'm talking to you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what hope and the girl is. It's just a separation of sharing more of, of like my redemption story and how I can offer hope and just encourage daily encouragement and being on that account, I, I follow different people. I follow people who also are very encouraging or maybe people I've actually, it's, it's been really interesting. Um, I, I started following certain hashtags and one of them was like ED recovery warrior. And so Instagram showing me like all these posts from people who are also using that hashtag. And it's a lot of young girls who are in the process of recovering from eating disorders. And they have these accounts where they're kind of keeping themselves accountable, I guess you could say, and so I've started going on, like following a lot of them and just like cheering them on. I'm like, yes, like, go, like, yes, you are doing awesome. And like, it's been so cool um, because I know I, I definitely, you know, needed that in my, at that stage in my life. And so I'm like, I feel like I'm like their cheerleader, um, just cheering them on. But I didn't even expect to find like this pocket of, of, of people like that wasn't necessarily my intent, but now I'm like, I'm like, I love seeing what they're posting, how they're like challenging themselves every day to keep recovering and keep doing hard things. And I'm like, yes, like, yes. And I've had people even like reach out to me and, and, and just in the last month from and I have like a hundred followers, but like people have reached out and said, you know, something that I said is like helping them as they're recovering or as they're going through something. And I'm like, that's, that's what it's all about. Like, that's what I want to do. Yes. I love that. And that's what you're doing. And, and I love that you just hit on that, that I had no idea what it was going to look like. And you know, the Bible even says that we plan, we, we make our plans, but God's the one that establishes our steps and everything. And so often we think things are going to look a certain way and they don't, but they're always better. They're always so much better than what we imagine them to be in my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 3.20, that says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine. And I'm like, okay, Lord, if you're going to do more than I ask, think, or imagine, I'm going to ask, think, and imagine really big things and (laughs) just believe for really big things. And, And so I love that. I love that. And that's just an encouragement to anyone listening who's wanting to step out into something new. And you're like, I have no idea. You don't have to know what it's going to look like to just step out and be obedient and let God unfold that and, and reveal the details of, of what that's going to look like when you need to know it. So that's really cool that just the journey that God had you in with that. And um, yeah, you had no idea the impact and the people you're going to connect with, but you just stepped out and did it. And that's just so cool. I love it. Thank you. Well, you inspire me too. I was like, this is, I mean, I've definitely follow you on Instagram and I'm, you know, seeing, you know, what, how you're posting every day. And, and it's just, I don't know, again, like I said, it's, it's a totally different experience to go on Instagram and post stuff for other people and not for yourself. Um, and that's like what I, I don't know, I'm loving that. So I love it. I love it. And I'm believing that your following count is going to go way higher than hundred way higher than a hundred just because there's so many, so many young girls out there that can benefit from hearing you. And that's why we do what we do and let God obviously let it go where he wants it to go. But I love, I love that. I know your intentions are pure. And so it's beautiful, beautiful to see. So Jamie, do you have any other encouragement for the podcast community? Anything else on your heart you want to share? Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of just my, I guess you call it like my platform or whatever you want to say, um, that if something in your life seems hopeless or impossible to overcome, like that is a lie of the devil. 
he wants you to believe that, but it is not truth. And even when I was overcoming hard things in my life, I knew what the truth was. And I had to tell myself the truth, even when I didn't believe it. So, and cause you know, if you repeat the, if you repeat something to yourself often enough, you'll eventually believe it. So like, I knew what the truth was. My brain did not believe it, but I just kept saying it to myself until I did believe it. And it, it works. It works. So do that if you're struggling. Um, and then the second thing is just do the things that scare you <laughs> as we've kind of talked about, like, um, it doesn't have to be bungee jumping. It can just be like, whatever that next step is like, just do the things that scare you. Um, cause that anticipation is so much worse than actually doing it. And there's so much beauty on the other side. So mm, that is so good. And when you said that, it reminded me of the first time I felt like the Lord told me to go live on Facebook, which I never did like video. Mm, no. And, um, <laughs> told me go live and share a testimony from a miracle that I had in my body, a healing that it had happened. And I was like, okay. And I literally sat there with my phone and I kept going, okay, one, two, three, no, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh. And I sat on my couch forever and just whatever, but I just made myself do it even afraid and nervous and whatever, not knowing what kind of response I would get. And, and I love where the Bible says that um, fear, the fear of man is a snare and how that fear can be like caring what people think. A lot of times too often we care what people think or opinions of other people. And it, it's a, it's a snare. It holds us back. And so I love that you said that do it afraid, do it anyway, and follow the leading mm -hmm. of the Lord. So, so tell everyone how they could connect with you. I know we talked about um, what your names are, but is there any other way? Do you have a website or any other way that people can connect with you? Yeah. Well, so Instagram adventure and the girl, if you love the adventure talk and the travel and just everyday stuff, that's adventure and the girl, um, no spaces. And then hope and the girl also no spaces is my other Instagram account with just a lot of encouragement in, in talking about my story and things like that. So whatever appeals to you most, you can choose, or you can do both. Um, and then my website, uh, my blog is also adventure and the girl.com. So that's where I post again, not regularly, <laughs> it won't be a set cadence, but when I have things to say, um, I'm working on one right now, it's my, almost my husband and I's uh, second anniversary. So I, I realized I never actually did a blog post about our honeymoon. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to do one on Colorado soon um, for our, our anniversary. So oh, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for being on here. Would you be willing to pray for the podcast community? Thanks for taking the time out to be on here. I know we tried to do this yesterday and the internet was being crazy. So we had to reschedule. So thank you for being flexible oh, yeah. coming on here and sharing your heart, sharing your story. So I'm so thank encouraged. You. Thank you for letting me and thank you for encouraging me. I've listened to a couple of your past um, recent podcasts and you've talked about, you know, just like not being afraid to share your story and, and care, like what people think of you. And that, that really helped me prepare for this one with you too. So thank you. But yes, I would love to pray uh, for everyone listening. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for this chance to connect with Janice. And, um, I just thank you for, um, for giving me the words and for, um, you know, just pray that, um, whoever is listening to this, if any of this just touches your heart to just seek God and, and just, um, seek him for anything you're going through and that there is hope that nothing that you're experiencing is actually hopeless Lord. But like, I, Lord, I just pray that the people listening will, will really, um, get that message and, um, and just seek you and just thank you so much for all the opportunities you give all of the grace that you give us. That is so ridiculous and doesn't make sense, but it's real. It's so real. And, um, and that you just offer encouragement. Like you are the king of encouragement. We are just your mouthpieces and, um, and Lord, just continue to give 
myself and Janice and anyone else who has the the passion to to just share their story to just speak up and share it and share it loud and boldly uh, for anyone else who needs to hear it um, but again thank you for this time Lord thank you that the internet was working tonight and we just pray pray for everyone listening that the, your week ahead will just be blessed in your name amen